0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Hairless Press Podcast. This week we welcome TV superstar Baz. Although um, we are super grateful to Baz for joining us today, as you know he is incredibly busy at the moment, but we will get back to all that later. Baz, welcome. My name is Murray. My name is Mia. What is the hardest thing for you when you moved from Libya to Ireland?
1: What was the hardest thing when I moved from Libya to Ireland? I suppose just culturally, it was very different. Um, uh, every I was kind of different to everybody else here back then. I had a big Afro and uh, my dad used to wear like a Galabaya, which is like a, I don't know, the lads of my school used to call it a dress, but it's like a long robe that he'd wear. And we were we, we looked kind of different to other families, I suppose, you know. Um but but in general things were kind of similar enough, obviously different languages and things like that. But um but the people were, you know, my friends in school were just, just the same. I had friends and we played football, we did all the stuff we did in uh, in in Cairo as well, you know. Yeah.
0: Um Going back to
1: Libyan, maybe, the well, technically i was born in libya but i grew up in egypt so my my, my family are, are egyptian but my mum was a nurse so she met my dad in libya and that's where i was born but we moved to egypt but i go back to egypt and um, it's been a couple of years now i'm in a bit of trouble with my family so it's been about four years i'm due a trip so maybe next year when things get a bit easier to travel, I'll probably go, I'll probably go back again. You know, my little ones are dying to go. They've never been, so they're dying to get over. You know. Yeah.
0: And
1: um, what was your favorite thing about growing up as a child in Dublin, and do you think of today? What's my favorite thing about growing up as a child in Dublin? Um. Uh, I I suppose I spent a lot of time hanging around, uh, sitting on walls, and uh, cracking jokes and having fun, and leaning on stuff and smoking and spitting and doing that kind of thing. And but I learned a lot of um, rapport skills, how to get on with people. Um, I learned how to have a thick skin and not be too sensitive. Um, uh, I, I I suppose I learned the basics of of um of communicating and being uh, sharp-witted and um a lot of the lads where i grew up they were very they were very um they were very funny and they were very sharp and they would take you down they'd slag you very quickly and a lot of those skills are skills that i used when i went on to do sales and the same skills that i use in presenting sometimes you know that ability to meet someone in a short amount of time and get on with them so i suppose that came not that you should smoke, by the way. I should just stick that in there. That's a bad thing. I, I don't smoke anymore. But back then I was really good at it, you know, back then. And um, this is all about school, a lot of school like for you. I went to a lot of different schools. I found I found secondary school very hard. Um I found it hard to, to fit in. I found it hard to um I was kind of into art and drama and uh English and um And maybe I I found it hard to settle as such. My dad had left a couple of years before that and it kind of threw me. I felt a bit isolated. A lot of schools, sometimes a lot of it's just about belonging, you know, having people that you belong with. But sometimes when you have a different mindset, like I wanted to do drama and theatre studies and my mates all told I was cracked. They were like, what are you talking about? You know, like back then it was seen as something... Um, a ridiculous thing to want to go and do now it's not you know now now it's people don't look at it like that but back then it was so so i went to a lot of different schools but then i under i got to meet lots of different kids like went to a boarding school in the midlands and Offaly. i got sent there for two years it was like a prison sentence um uh but i loved it had good crack i was the only dub in the whole place so i had good fun and yeah no um like i enjoyed school i just wasn't I didn't settle very well. I kept getting in trouble and not for anything nasty, just stupid stuff like mitching and slagging teachers and that kind of thing. You know, not not stuff that you would do nowadays. fine ladies as you are, you know, but but I was a bit cheekier. Um,
0: growing
1: up, did you always want to be like TV? Did you have a different career actually? Then? I always loved theatre. I loved being on stage. I loved... Um, working in entertainment i did i did i did drama from when i was like 11 to like 16 or something and then i just fell out of it for a little while but then i went back to it it's the one thing i enjoyed but i i didn't know sometimes when you're like if you can do something like i used to when i when i first got back into drama i used to do plays for free just to get Get on the theater scene and do theater, and and then eventually I started getting paid for them. But when you have that passion that you just love something that you just want to do it, regardless of take money away from it, it you just you you enjoy that you like that thing. You should pursue it. You know, you should do something that you want to do. Sometimes a lot of people make choices out of them um, about money. Oh, will I make lots of money doing that? That's the wrong way to look at it. Because you know you could be an accountant, but just because just because you chose to be an accountant doesn't mean you're going to be a good accountant you could be a shit accountant and make no money you know you would have been better off you know having your own nail salon or bar or 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 you know drag bar in somewhere you know you could do whatever you want but it should be something you feel connected to something you want to do you know because because a job no matter what it is 50 percent of the time it's a pain to work so the other 50 percent, would be nice if you enjoyed it wouldn't it you know so to go and pursue something, and uh, whatever you pursue, it's going to be hard work. You've got to work at it. You know, you've got to you got to put everything into it. So it's easier to put it into something you love. You know. Yeah, you have a host
0: of TV and radio shows under
1: your bed, but would you like to start it with Fifty Ways to Kill Your Man? Was the show? Um, was the show your brainchild? Was my brainchild? Well, it came out of be brain. Don't know if it was a brainchild, but yeah, yeah. So so yeah what happened was i started off as a presenter and then i started producing my own stuff so 50 ways to kill your Mammy was one um which i loved because i got to hang out with nancy all day and travel the world with her and and pick on her and uh, slag her and have fun with her and that was that was um, very special for me you know i was uh what was i 37 or 30 do i think it was 37 or something when i started that with her and when you're that age and you have kids and stuff like that, you very seldom get to spend good time, like quality time. You're usually throwing one of your children at her and running out the door, you know. Um, But but we got to travel the world. We did 18 countries in three years. I got to see her go to New York for the first time and win an Emmy. And, you know, it was really special for me. So so that show is very special to me. Yeah, I love it. Was well,
0: second name for ever an option for you when you were going on?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I thought for ages I was going to take Rooney because my name is Ahmed Basil Ashmawi, right? So, but I wanted to take Rooney, but then for some reason I didn't look like a Rooney. I was quite dark and had black hair and it just didn't. I felt like I was pretending to be something that I wasn't quite, you know? Um, so I stuck with a shmowy, which is a bit of a mouthful, but um, but Baz Rooney was a better name, wasn't it? I should have took Baz <laughs> Rooney, that's much better, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I stuck with a shmowy, yeah.
0: In the show, you brought your mommy to what some wonderful places and um, some crazy experiences. Do you have a favorite?
1: I do have a favorite, um. I don't have a favourite. It's like, um, there's so many, There, there was so many things. Her riding an ostrich, it's funny enough, someone tweeted me yesterday and they sent me the video of her riding an ostrich, which would probably go down as one of my most entertaining days ever. What got me more is when I rode the ostrich and it threw me off, she nearly fell off a fence laughing at me. And I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, so... It was one of those days where it was just a giddy day, and but to, to be honest with you, all those days we spent together, we just we just laughed so much, like we had so much fun. We trashed a few hotel rooms, and um, uh, my mother had never trashed a hotel room before, so I was like, oh, "You gotta trash a hotel room!" <laughs> like so, you know, we 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 did crazy things that she – because she, 'cause she'd be so prim and proper all the time, but we did um, we did we did fun things. So, but I think the ostrich, the ostrich, or. Yeah, the ostrich. I'll go with the ostrich. I'll say the ostrich is probably one of my favorites. Um, she must be a wonderful woman to
0: have agreed to see the show.
1: Tell us more about your relationship with her. It's funny. People always think you have an amazing relation, like we just like any any anyone with their mum, Like we had loads of fights and screaming and shouting growing up, and um, we had um, a good line of communication. Always, she's very understanding and very very supportive which is amazing like when like i'd come up with bat ideas for things sometimes and she'd always she'd always um she'd always support me and she'd always come to all my plays and she was she's was just a great mom she's a very strong woman as well you know very um she's very uh righteous in a in a in a, in a in a Wicklow way, you know like she's very soft and and sweet, and she's just I think the reason the show did so well was because I think people connected to her she's like someone like like maybe an auntie you know your friend's mum or she reminds you of your granny or someone you know she's she's very atypical irish uh, and all those good qualities, you know so um, so yeah yeah, and um, will Mummy really be seeing animal
0: series.
1: Would she be seen in more serious i can't afford her anymore she got this new agent and now he's like she's asking for ridiculous money so uh i'd love to do another thing with her i we actually did a we did a, a nice documentary on funerals you know where we were going around kind of um looking at um how you'd plan your funeral and it was kind of funny and sweet but it, it because of everything that happened with the pandemic all of a sudden it felt like a subject matter that wasn't the right time to put out something like that after after the last two years. So that's been shelved. So I don't know when we'll do something together again, but I'd I, like to say, I do it for free. You know, I love working with her. You know, she's, um, we have good, good crack, you know.
0: You want
1: awards for the show? Is that something you're really proud
0: of? Sorry, I want what? You want awards for the show? Is that something you're really proud of?
1: yeah like it's funny because you you don't go out to win awards and you get them and they're great but they don't really mean anything really in the whole scheme of things if you're doing something and you enjoy doing it that's the best thing like if punters on the street like the shows you make that's that's much better because sometimes you can win awards for stuff and eh, that's someone's decision like it doesn't always come down to but it's nice yeah i don't go around polishing the trophies all the time and doing, I don't even know where they are, they're probably doorstops in the bathroom or something, but they're there, you know, they're nice, it's nice to be acknowledged sometimes for work you do, but you shouldn't do work for them, that's kind of what I'm saying, I think, yeah. Um,
0: you had some amazing experiences thanks to World TV, you headed off to Rome to Pinepole, working on a trawler, going into a maximum security prison in Oklahoma. We wish you had time
1: to talk about all these experiences, but we're
0: curious
1: about your experience in the prison. What was it life? Prison? Yeah. It's... Well, I've done a few prisons. It was the one, the, the one I did a maximum security prison in Oklahoma. Um, pretty scary. Pretty, like, uh, exactly what you think prison's going to be like. Like, you walk down corridors, lots of guys. Like, it's funny, though. It, sometimes you might have an image in your head and you think like a murderer, some like big guy with tattoos and drooling, and he's all like, you know, sometimes people, some really good people do some really bad things in a moment. Like it just, there's a lot of that. Like some of them just seemed very normal to me, but prison itself is like a society within itself and it's, um, it's it's a scary place, you know. And and in America, they have very strict rules. Like I met guys who were doing twenty five years for selling weed or something, you know. Where because if they're caught three times, there's a three strike rule, and they get twenty five years for that. And that to me would be very severe. I think God, oh, like he was only, you know, it didn't deserve a quarter of a century to be locked up for. But America has a different system. Um, but yeah, it's not somewhere I'd recommend. I'd recommend going to South Africa, ride ostriches. That's much better fun than going to prison, you know?
0: We have all adored the, the DIY SOS making it onto Irish soil. Um, how does it feel to be part of the show?
1: I love it. I love it. It's the best. It's, um, it's, you see a lot of bad stuff on the news all the time. A lot of, a lot of negativity Um. And sometimes it seeps into your mind and you just think, oh, the world's a shitty place and there's no good people. And and then you go somewhere like that and it's just really good fun on site. Like it's like 160 builders a day, like just slagging and, and messing and, and having a laugh, but also giving up their time for, sometimes for a family they know or sometimes for people that they don't know at all. And to be that kind of caring, you know, and they're, they're very nice men as well. You're in a time now where you know, being a man is changing a bit. And these are, these are very uh, honest kind of vulnerable guys and they're doing it for the right reasons. And then the families are amazing as well. They're just like, you kind of pinch yourself and think, what am I moaning about? You know, it's like that thing, like I I did a a show with a school girl last year. She's like, she was 14 or something, you know, but you think, oh God, I've got to go to school, got to do homework and got to work at the weekends. And, you know, But if that was all taken away from you, you're in a wheelchair, God, you'd kill for that. You get to go to school. You get to hang out with your friends. You get to go to discos or have fun. You know, you get to be a teenager. You know, sometimes life can be very cruel. So sometimes you need something to give you a bit of, uh, what's the perspective, you know, to give you a little bit of perspective. Um, So I love it. I love the show. I love the show. You know, I get slagged quite a lot, which I have a problem with. But apart from that, these builders think they're very fucking funny, but they're not as funny as they think they are. I'll just say that, you know. But I get a lot of slagging, but I I love it. We've good crack. I shouldn't curse, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> apologies to the podcast and the students. Um, how are the people chosen to have
0: their houses received makeover?
1: very hard there's a lot of people out there who need help so so there's um there's a whole team that do all that and they they um they go through all the applications and and we just we see what what we can do sometimes there's you know it could come down to building reasons and um sometimes it's geography if you do one just in mayo then you're looking to do another one you probably won't do the next one in mayo you know you, you kind of chop and change it around but um I think we did four this year. We're gonna start straight away into them next year. Cause they're tough. They're 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 big, they take a lot of planning, you know. There's a, a lot of work goes into them, you know. One of the shows this year we built an entire house from the ground up, like so like, it's just exhausting even thinking about it. But we did it, so that's brilliant, you know. The the volunteers are amazing. Um is it hard to get local of contract
0: and builders to take part and all the volunteers as well?
1: Never had a problem, really, to be honest with you. People always come out of the woodwork. People are good, inherently good. You know, sometimes it's um, it's just making a quick decision. What you find is, like, a guy or a, um, a woman or any volunteer that comes down, once they come down once, it's very addictive. It feels good to do good things, you know. It, it feels... feels great you know it's it's um and then you leave and you see a family go in and you feel like oh my god i was part of that so these people tend to come back again and again and that's what it is it's just like anything it's a choice you know like if you were going to the gym or something you'd be sitting there and going oh at the end of it you've done it you know it's that kind of thing most of the time most of the time (laughs) but um yeah so doing good things feels good you know and people get into that so we've never really have a problem finding people or, or local businesses or anything people are very supportive you know
0: absolutely for us here in Tipperary remember the episode filmed for Sinead and the Barry family in Dundrum and um, many of us would have known contractors and companies that were involved in the boat. you have been quoted as saying this is hard because such a young family had endured um such pain as a presenter, how do you cope with the charters? Hmm, it's a good
1: question. Um... I don't know. You see, you have to be kind of like, you have to listen to people and you have to listen to their story. And sometimes their stories are just sad, you know, there's no way around it. So, like, you'll come back from a job like that and maybe for a week or two, you might feel a little bit low. Have you been filming for the next season?
0: Can you give us any information on how this season went?
1: Yeah, it's gone really, really well. Really, really nice. Um, Really lovely families again, like just... I just um you some people navigate through life and they never really come across anything um any difficulties you know and then you've other families and they just they just have such bad luck sometimes you know so um but yeah we we uh, I've I've loads of favorites but like I say we built like one of the shows was we built a whole entire house which was crazy like and uh, we did that in New Ross and then I'm heading down this weekend to uh, Waterford and um, and they're going really good. I think people are kind of love them. Like I, I love making them, so I hope people enjoy them. You know, I think they're feel good shows. You know, but sometimes they're a bit weepy, aren't they? They make you. Some of them can be a bit sad as well. So it's balance. Um, Could you
0: describe a week when you're doing
1: the makeover? Say again.
0: Could you describe a week when you're doing the makeover?
1: Can I describe the week? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's like 6am starts, you probably finish around 9 or 10 o'clock. Um, you're just on site all day long. You see, sometimes the, um, the volunteers can get a bit, um, they lack energy, so then I have to go and I just hang out with them. I don't do any work. like I don't fix anything or build anything, God forbid. I just lean on stuff and point a lot and crack gags, and that's all I do but we have good fun with it, but it's immense work. Like they some of them, they work right the way through the night. And um, it's always quite high drama. People are very tense and feeling a lot of pressure and that kind of thing, but um, they're great fun. You should come down and volunteer on one. You'd love it. <laughs> no it's the crack, it's the crack. It's great. Um, is it totally exhausting mentally and physically? Not for me, for them it must be. But for me, no, I don't think so. I think it's um, it's worth it. Like, like what happens is that when you're around good people, they make you they make you better. It's like hanging around with stupid people makes you stupid. Remember that. You know when you're looking at one of your mates at the weekend, just go. I need to lose this guy because he's an idiot. And um, so it's like sometimes when you hang around with good people, that it makes you better. And I I find I get a lot out of being on the shows and hanging around with the volunteers, they're all really nice, you know.
0: Um, when is it set to air?
1: I don't know, maybe March, maybe? I don't know, it's up to, that's up to the, the gods at RT will decide, you know. Um,
0: I think one of the most iconic things you have gone to me in recent years is the funny documentary. Um, I think there is no one in the country
1: who didn't shed a tear or watching it. What what was it like for you to film? What was it like for me to film Fungi? It was really sweet. Like, because I never saw Fungi. I thought it was like Fungi 2.0. I thought Fungi probably died years ago and they've had like 10 Fungi since then and they were just doing it for business or something. But then you go down and you realise like, wow, like this is a real hermit dolphin's been living here for 30 years. People go swimming with him every day. Like... I was, I was saying it to someone else. Can you imagine if, like, you, you lived in Dingle and you used to swim with Fungie every day and then you went to college in America or something? And they were asking, you know, what's, what's what's home like? And you're like, yeah, well, I go swimming with a dolphin every day. They think you're cracked. They think you're making up stuff. Like, it's... But it, that's what it was. It was just, like, a little fairy tale, like, down there. And, and pe- people just loved him, you know? He was just this... He was adored by locals and people came from all over the world to spend time with him. I think it's it's the longest living hermit dolphin in one place ever. Like, whatever kept him here for all that time is amazing. So I loved it. I loved hearing all the stories. And then I was kind of, I was obsessed with finding him then. Yeah. I thought, Jesus, they'll build me a feckin' statue down here for I <laughs> find it. You know what I mean? I, I was like, if I find this dolphin, we're laughing. But I, sadly... No.
0: sadly okay. He
1: eluded me. I didn't find him. But no. Yeah.
0: You were quoted at the time as saying the experience made you stop taking life for granted. I think this is a great <clears throat> message. What other lessons have you learned in a lifetime on TV? Wow.
1: Well, people are all the same. No matter how different they seem, however far away they live or um people are fundamentally the same you know and people are fundamentally good and um, that's what i've kind of learned you know and that's um that's the only good thing i can tell you oh, that's what else have i learned always trust your gut as well that's the other thing i've learned just go with it then don't be afraid don't ever be afraid Everyone gets afraid. It's okay. Usually it's afraid of failing or afraid of, oh, what if I don't do it? Or what if I look stupid? And No one cares. You care more than anyone else. So don't be afraid, you know? Um, you
0: seem
1: to have a crazy work schedule. Is it hard to achieve a work-life balance? I don't know. I have a lot of kids. I'm trying to get rid of them, but they're just hanging around like flatmates who owe me money. So... um no i i have a okay work-life balance i work a little bit too much maybe a little bit but um i you know i try to get home in the evening so i try and spend time with my kids i became a granddad this year as well so i didn't really need that right now because i'm only 46. do you know what i mean so being a granddad is a bit early but but i have a big family so i love it and so i love spending time with them and my family life is quite um normal as in it's not very it's normal stuff, go to the park, go to the flicks, um, you know, hang out, eat pizzas, like just give aid to the kids, try and throw slippers at them, that kind of stuff. So it's all very normal, but I like it like that. So, um, yeah, no, I have a kind of balance. My wife would say I work too much, but I like what I do. I love it. So it's it's okay. Do your children and family ever want to be on TV with you or help
0: with you?
1: projects all the time all the time but the last thing they need in their lives now some of my teenagers is me to sprinkle fame all over them that's the last thing they need so if they want to get famous they're gonna to have to do it on their own back i think but no like they um no they're all really good like some of my kids are one of them started Um, he started doing music this year he's gone off to study music and bim and the other one's an artist and i have one she's doing her leaving this year so she's she wants to do acting and you know they're they're called most of them are quite creative one or two are a- academic and then the two little ones are just they're just mad you know they're just um they're good fun like you know um who's been your biggest influence support since
0: you started
1: who's been my biggest influence yeah
0: who my biggest influence
1: I don't know. Like I, I learned so much from loads of different broadcasters. Like I worked under Jerry Ryan. I'd learned a lot from Jerry, like over the years. Um, uh, any, anyone I work with, I, they they say, they say in, in life, you should have like a mentor, you know, someone that you learn from. So I have a couple of producers that I know in LA and one or two of them, or one, one in particular is like a mentor. And then, um, you should have someone at your level as well, you know, and then you should have someone who's, um, who you mentor, like young people. So I learned from everyone I work with really, but I, there's no one that, no one particular person stands out, you know. And um, what has been your best TV experience yet? What
0: has been
1: my best TV experience? Yeah. Ooh, they all give you something different, I think. My first one was pretty good. I was a travel show host with two friends of mine. We did that for five years. We just traveled the world going partying and, and um and having a laugh, living in camper vans and we had a lot of fun. We were a lot younger then and I had no children. So it was um it was a different life. But we did, I did that for five years. That was great fun. All of them. I get something from all of them. I love everything I do. Because I produce my own stuff, I just do things that I'm interested in. So sometimes I might want to do something on, like, problem gambling or something serious on Islam or something like that. And then another time I'll just want to do something that's just having fun with my mum. So I'll do something like 50 Ways. And then I do DIY SOS because that's a community thing, and I, I enjoy that as well. So I get something out of all of them. I don't have one that stands out as such, you know
0: renowned as being funny
1: can i ask do you feel pressure to be funny or is it just so natural to come to you thanks for saying i'm funny but uh just not really like just i just I just be me be you you know that's the best thing you can't be everything to everyone some of my mom told me that years ago it's the best advice i ever got is that not everyone is gonna like you no matter how great you think you are you know not everyone is gonna like you so if you're just you so, no, I never feel pressure to be funny or anything like that. I just, um, I just be me, you know? Um, what does
0: the future
1: hold for you? Death. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually, it will end there. But until then, I, I just keep ticking away work and try and enjoy life, try not to take things too seriously. Um, spend time with my family, my friends. And um, my dog, you know, that's kind of like just just live, you know, just live and enjoy it, you know, a nice balance. That's that's kind of, but I'm very happy. I'm very, I'm very lucky. I'm very happy. As, thank you so much
0: for joining us today. It's been a total
1: pleasure. We can't wait to see what comes next in the future. Thank you. You you guys are great. You guys are great. How many of these podcasts have you done? I have to listen back to some of them. Um,
0: this is our fifth one. Yeah.
1: Wow, you're flying! Wow, brilliant! They're great. Yeah, very good. Is this? Are you a part of the media department or something, or you just got roped into it? On is it. this what? <laughs> huh?
0: there is loads of us in it, so we have different jobs
1: to do. So, okay, great. Oh brilliant, brilliant. Well, well done. It was fun. Yeah.